Thank you for listening to the sermon for Sunday, October 11, 2020, from First Presbyterian Church, Jacksonville, Illinois. Reverend Warren's sermon title today is, Who Are You? Our first scripture reading comes to us from Philippians 4, 1 through 9. Second scripture reading is Exodus 32, 1 through 14. Our special music is Promised Land, performed by father and daughter duet Rich and Catherine Ott. We pray that you had an awesome, success-filled week, and we hope that you have a great, rewarding week coming up. God bless. Be safe and be healthy. Let us prepare our hearts for Scripture by saying the prayer for illumination together. Testify to us, O God, by the voice of your Spirit. Put your law in our hearts, write your words in our minds, and show your will in our lives. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. The scripture reading is from Philippians 4, verses 1 through 9. Let us listen to the word of God. Therefore, my brothers and sisters whom I love and long for, my joy and crown. Stand firm in the Lord in this way, my beloved. I urge Eudoia and I urge Syntyche to be the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you also, my loyal companion, help these women, for they have struggled beside me in the work of the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me and the God of peace will be with you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Brother, sister, lend an ear. I'm headed for the promised land. Trouble soon will disappear. I'm headed for the promised land. When I reach it, there will be love and happiness awaiting for me. Come along and you will see, I'm headed for the promised land. Brother, sister, lend an ear for soon our troubles all will disappear. One day there's bound to be great love for you.
and me just wait and see I'm heading for the promised land I'll be singing freedom song I'm headed for the promised land That's the place where I belong Headed for the promised land Trumpet sounding forth the call. Oh, children, won't you rise and follow one and all? Better days are now in view. I'm heading for the promised land. All my dreams are coming true. I'm headed for the promised land. Testament lesson today is Exodus 32, beginning with the first verse all the way to the 14th verse. Imagine, who are you in this story? When the people Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered around Aaron and said to him, come make gods for us. Who shall go before us? For this, Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. Aaron said to them, Take off the gold rings that are on your ears, your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took off the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. He, looked the gold, he took the gold from them, formed it in a mold, and cast a calf. And they said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a festival to the Lord. They rose early the next day and offered burnt offerings and brought sacrifices of well-being. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to revel. The Lord said to Moses, Go down at once. Your people whom you brought up out of the land of Egypt have acted perversely. They have been quick to turn aside from the way that I have commanded them. They have cast for themselves an image of a calf and have worshipped it and sacrificed to it and said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. The Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, how stiff-necked they are. Now let me alone so that my wrath may burn hot against them and I may consume them, and of you I will make a great nation. But Moses implored his God and said, O Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt with a great power and with a mighty hand? 
Why should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce wrath. Change your mind and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, how you swore to them by your own self, saying to them, I will multiply your descendants like the stars of heaven. All this land I have promised I will give to your descendants, and they shall inherit it forever. And the Lord changed his mind about the disaster that he had planned to bring on his people. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, I want us all to answer this question. The caterpillar asked Alice, Who are you? Now, the folks in person just get to think about this in your heads, but those online can actually respond with who you most connect to. Which one of these characters? Out of the cast of characters in Exodus, are you Aaron? Do you relate to the Israelites? Do you relate to God? Or to Moses? Or I bet you're a bit more complicated than just one of them. Maybe two. Or all of them. Just depends on the day, right? Today we're going to go a bit deeper with each of the characters. And I want to start first with God. In this situation that we just read, it seemed like God's a bit hot-headed. God makes this big stink. I think, in reality, God's tired of these Israelites. Every day, they complain and complain and complain. And you could see quickly why God would be so upset, all ready to start fresh. First, the people are enslaved. So God frees them. People are worried about Pharaoh killing them, so God parts the Red Sea. Then the people are starving in the desert, so God gives them manna and quail. They're dying of thirst, and God gives them water. And now Moses goes up to the mountain to be with God. And after a little while, they start complaining and wondering where Moses is, where God is. And it doesn't take long for them to abandon God. So God's, in a sense, become a genie in the bottle. And instead of a relationship and gratitude, which is what God desires, the Israelites quickly create this golden calf. And they start worshiping it. In today's reading, it seems like no one appreciates what God does time and time again. I don't know about you, but it's certainly relatable to some here. Uh, but there are some who feel like this. You're going out of your way. You get the job done, and it seems like no one even appreciates you. If you've ever been treated this way, then you can probably understand why God would react this way. I don't know if we can imagine God acting this way, but we certainly do. Maybe it's the last straw and you explode like a bomb. I've seen this happen before in families. I've seen it happen in the church. And the trouble is you blow up and everyone else around 
is left to pick up the pieces. After the outburst, the person finally calms down and becomes loving and caring. I don't know about you, but especially with the strain of this pandemic, I certainly might connect with God a bit more here than in normal circumstances. Now, our next character I want us to look at is Aaron. Aaron's a people pleaser. I know Aaron all too well because oftentimes that's who I am. People pleasers of the world like to run away from conflict. We attempt to please both sides. We're even willing to sacrifice in order to help everyone get along. Aaron's like the classic politician. In fact, most leaders tend to be like Aaron because it takes a tough leader to face opposition. It takes grit and determination and perseverance to stand up to a crowd of bullies. Certainly, I think most of us want to be that kind of leader, but when it comes down to it, we end up giving in. I imagine there's a lot of errands in our world. He's not bad. In fact, he's probably more like us than we want to admit. If you've ever read the book, White Fragility, then you recognize that most of us white folks are a lot like Aaron. How many people here would put your hand inside the lion's mouth? Takes a lot of grit. Most of us aren't willing to go there, so we might be more like Aaron than we realize. We've already heard a little bit about our next characters, the infamous Israelites. Somehow they're ungrateful, always willing to complain. Now, that couldn't be us at all, could it? especially during a pandemic when we're locked in our houses behind masks. If you don't think it looks like any of us, it seems like Americans tend to be this way. I watched a show about the Roosevelts on PBS, Teddy Roosevelt and FDR, and I really started noticing the political cartoons on the show and all the complaints of the politicians of the day started sounding like the same complaints that we have today. We haven't changed that much. It's been more than 100 years, and we're still worried about the economy. We don't like uh, any of the representatives, the Senate or the Congress. They were tired of the president, too. It also happens in the church. Many years ago, I spoke with a friend who was part of a big church in his town, and they worried their pastor was about to retire, and... He told me that if the pastor left, that they'd probably go find another church. We are consumers in every sense of the word. Folks, uh, these days, church shop, and if the pastor or church does something we don't like, then we might just leave. There are times when folks wonder where God is in our lives, Sometimes we start to feel like the spark is gone, like God isn't present. If we don't have that feeling of the Holy Spirit, if the music isn't making us dance, or at least for Presbyterians, tap our toes inside our shoes, then we might just be willing to give in and start doing something else. 
don't get me wrong, I play into this too. I complain and focus on instant gratification. I want to feel God. And I don't always. Sometimes, especially in these last months, I feel like God's abandoned me, abandoned us and the church. So the Israelites are just like us in many ways. Now, I left Moses for last because there are times we also relate to Moses, and since he's a patriarch in our faith, he's sometimes the one we aspire to be. So that might be the one we all picked. But Moses is far from perfect. You remember one time he killed a man out of anger and rage? In a few minutes, he's about to come down from this mountain, burn with anger and breaking the stone tablets before the Israelites. His faith wavered, causing him to hit a rock to get water out of it. And because of that, God doesn't allow him to get to the promised land. And just like the Israelites, he also fled and wandered from God for 40 years until he met God in a burning bush. Yet in this story, Moses has a special relationship with God. He's level-headed, he's focused, he's a leader, something we need in our church, something we need and want to aspire to be. But we also know he's far from perfect, which is nice, that Moses still struggles, even though his relationship with God is strong. I would imagine by now you've probably discovered that there are pieces of each of these characters we all can relate to. And the beauty of that is each character has its flaws and its strengths. Each of these characters' vulnerability reminds us of our need for Christ. Because Christ is the only one we should aspire to, really. Our vulnerabilities, our limitations, our moments like God, like Aaron, like the Israelites and Moses. So those moments when we're asked, who are you? We can honestly admit that we don't have it together. We don't lie to ourselves and imagine we do. In fact, when we don't know who we are, we're reminded that we need Christ that much more. Paul, in his second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 12, verses 9 through 10, says it best. Jesus said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. So I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am content with weaknesses, insult, hardships, persecution, and calamities for the sake of Christ. For whenever I am weak, then I am strong. I hope everyone looks at the back of your bulletin. Look at the back of your bulletin, and you'll notice on the last page...
a nomination form for our church leaders, for elders and deacons. Our church is a full cast of characters that don't have it all together. Some of us have good excuses for why we shouldn't be nominated. I'm sure many of us have the I'm too busy, or maybe I'm not called to be something like this. I don't know if I have that call. I don't know if I'm worthy to lead this church. Most of us don't have the time or the ability or whatever it is. But I'm convinced that as a body of Christ, there are people in this church called to lead our imperfect church here in this time. Maybe it's you or a friend or someone you don't always see eye to eye with. And if you haven't written down a name by now or emailed the church, I encourage you to ask who God is calling to lead our church. Out of all the cast of characters, it might just be you. Even if it's not to be an elected leader in our church, no matter what, God is certainly calling each one of us, despite our weaknesses, despite our character flaws, for it's in our weakness that we can do God's work and ministry in this world. Who are you? I am Aaron. I am the Israelites. I am Moses. And God is in me. Because through Christ, whenever I am weak, then I am strong. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And now let us sing the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We've come to the time to quiet our hearts and turn to God in prayer. Gracious Lord, your faithful community has gathered this day. We desire your healing mercies in our lives and in the lives of friends and family, those who are lost, alienated, and alone, those who suffer from illness, who mourn, who feel hopeless, each are in our hearts this day. 
We pray for those on our hearts and our minds this morning who suffer from all forms of pain and alienation. And as our community gathers in support of each other, we come rejoicing in the many blessings brought to family and friends, and we give you thanks for all these things, both sorrowful and joyful. We rejoice that you continue to be with us. May we resolve to focus our lives on your loving and healing presence, to recognize our weakness in which you become our strength, so that we can become bearers of your good news through our words and our actions of love and mercy. And now with one voice, let us join in the prayer Christ taught his disciples, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. If you found this material inspiring, and would like to support our ministry here at First Love from the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville, Illinois, please send contributions to First Presbyterian Church, 870 West College, Jacksonville, Illinois, 62650. You can also contribute through your financial institution, through bill pay. And if an account number is necessary, please use 870-870-870. Our phone number at First Presbyterian Church, Jacksonville, Illinois, is 217-245-4189. Our email is office at firstpresjax.org. That's O-F-F-I-C-E at F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-J-A-X dot O-R-G. You can join our live stream video of Sunday services, which start at 9.55 a.m. on Sunday at www.facebook.com slash firstpresjacks. That's www.facebook.com facebook.com slash firstpresjacks. We also have a Facebook page called Presbyterians with a Purpose at www.facebook.com slash groups slash 221761382271 153 slash Presbyterians for a Purpose is a group for anyone needing to get in contact with someone else during these challenging times. If you wish to attend our 10 a.m. services on Sunday in person, please come in the north door 
A nurse will take your temperature. The nurse will then press a button to open the door to limit touching surfaces. Another volunteer will open the inner door. While moving around, please wear your mask. Once seated, you can remove your mask. We pray you have a safe, joyful, and healthy week. God bless.